This is Mike from Sober Sundays with Mike Michow. And today we have a special guest. I call him Mikey Nectats. I'm uh, not sure where the name came from. <laughs> so, Mike, I've met a lot of people in and out of programs, you know, recovery, treatment centers, all types of stuff. You kind of stand out as having a dark, interesting history um, where the struggles of addiction have maybe paid a toll on you and affected you and your family. Can you tell us a little bit about what it was like back in the day for you? Uh, so what's up, guys? My name is Mike. I'm an addict. Um, yeah, so addiction is... It runs pretty deep in my family. Um, you know, my father was an addict. Uh, my brother's an addict. I have two sisters, and one of my sisters is an addict. Um, and, you know, it's everything from, like, addiction that we've seen to, like, other family members suffering to the because of it, the addiction of others, um, you know, suicides, um Jails, institutions, rehabs, prison. Um, it 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 definitely like it really it like definitely ran rampant like in my more immediate family. Um, would would you say that the exposure to maybe drugs and alcohol kind of set you up for for this? Did you choose this life? With what happened? Um. So, like, my first experience with drugs and alcohol, um, you know, when I was very young, between the ages of, like, five to, to eight, um, my father was um, very active in, in, in addiction. Um, that was towards, like, the, the last years of his life where it was, it was more or less, like, around his bottom. And, um, you know, my mom was working two jobs, uh, we didn't have a lot of money. We were, uh, we lived in in uh, the Lower East Side of Manhattan in the projects, and then we moved during that time to Richmond Hill in Queens. So she was working two jobs um, and going to school at night. So she was really never around. Um, my father would wake up late, uh, and he was, you know, I I didn't go to school some a lot of the times because he, you know, woke up late, and I would go around and and like. Uh, you know, do his rounds with him sort of thing. And um, sometimes he was buying drugs, sometimes he was selling drugs, sometimes he was using drugs. Um, and um, so I, I think I didn't really understand what was going on, like, at the time, but as I got older, I did. I definitely did. Um, and throughout all my life, yes, I did believe that, that you know, my addiction was, was partially because of that. Um, now I have more of an understanding that like my 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 reason for using drugs was oh it's it's to get out of myself. I'm not a person who's who's comfortable with myself or like in my skin. So not being comfortable experiencing what's going on in the family, a way to get out of yourself was to do that very same thing. At the time, yeah, because uh. Once I, I, I tried drinking, drinking was the, you know, my first thing. Um, but once I started drinking and I realized, like, you know, once I'm under the influence of something, I don't, 
I don't feel anything anymore. I don't feel the fear. I don't feel. So alcohol worked for, for a period of time. For a period of time, yes, it did. Um, Fun times? So I thought. Uh, I can't lie. Yes, there were, there were times where, where it was fun. There were times where using drugs was fun. Um, very few in between, but there were definitely times where, where I could look back and say, oh, yeah, that, that, night was, that was a good night. So this disease of addiction that you speak of, progressive illness, can you tell us a little bit about the progression? Um, so I started drinking around 13. Um, by the time I was 14, 15, uh, that turned into dabbling with cocaine. Um, once I started using pills, um, a couple years after that, it went from like a, like a mildly, like a mild, uh, progression to like pretty rapid, um, the pills lasted a, a long time, and then it moved on to stronger substances. At any point, were you thinking this is getting out of control? I don't, I don't want to go this route. Um, as soon as I started using the pills, um, and my day was spent, you know, figuring out how many I had, how many I needed for the next day, where I was going to get the next one. That's when I started to realize, like, this might be a problem, and and also. There was there was a lot of older people that I hung out with, and um, you you could look at some of these people and 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 think that like these were, like these people are are addicts, like these are not good people, and and these people would say to me like, Mike, I think you have a problem. So then what happened? Um, so the progression got worse, as it always does, uh, and then I moved on to heroin. Um, and then I moved on to using drugs through IV. And that, once that started, like, that, I was just useless at that point. I was basically just pumping air if I was awake. Was there warnings, concern from family members and friends? Oh, from, I mean, from the age of maybe 16, the, there was definitely, more, like, uh, concern from my mother. And what did that do to you? Absolutely nothing. I, I am a very selfish person. Um, and um, I, I don't care um, what my actions cause other people as long as I get what I need, as long as I'm... If I can make myself content and happy, I, I have very little care as to how anyone around me feels or, or what my actions cause them. So things on the outside, perhaps falling apart, what's going on internally? Internally, um, I mean, I can't even look in the mirror without being disgusted by like what I see. Um, I do not feel like a good person. Um, I feel very hopeless. I feel just like the person that I didn't want to be uh, I feel just like the person I didn't want to turn into that I, I saw growing up, um, whether it be my siblings, my father, some of the people that I hung around with. Um, but more than that, like completely hopeless. In, in, in my mind, like I was at a point where, where I wanted to stop so bad 
And uh, I was convinced that like I, I could not. And I, I, I truly, I can't like on my own. So somebody unfamiliar with this disease would say, Mike, why don't you just stop if you want to? But perhaps this is you wanting to stop feeling like your life's unmanageable is leading to more using was drugs like a solution to to your issues yes um a lot of people would say like you know why can't you just stop um you have such a loving you know mom um you know later on in my life i was in a pretty good home um and um or even if like you had a nice girlfriend or you had a decent job and they're like, I just don't understand why you can't stop. And like, I would if I could, like I just, for some reason I just can't, you know, I'm not, I'm not capable of doing that. Um, and um, sometimes just the fear of not making me stop was a reason for me to use. All right, so tell us about some of the attempts to stop, including when you eventually did. Um. Some of my attempts were, most of my attempts were not of my doing. Um, if I went to jail, um, that would seem like a good reason to stop, but it doesn't, it, it would not work for me. Um, I, I went to rehab, that also did not work for me. Um, I tried to detox on my own at home, that wouldn't, only last until I could hold off, you know, so long until I got sick. Um, I tried using different substances and, and, and like mixing different substances together. Um, I tried detoxing, like, um, mixing certain medica medications off the street. Suboxone. Suboxone was one of them. <laughs> Definitely one of them. So what happened? Um... I'm under the impression that you want to stop. Was your last, the when you did stop, was this that you wanted it more than the other times or did something different happen? So around the time where, where, where I stopped, I had, uh, I had gotten out of jail April 18th of 2019. And um, I had a daughter who was, days away from being born. I, I didn't know, I didn't even know if I was going to be able to see it. And honestly, at that point, I, I, I cared when I was in jail, but like, I didn't really care. Um, I remember sitting, waiting to get my clothes. And I thought to myself, like, I'm going to, I'm going to stay clean. Um, I can't, I can't do this anymore. And I got out of jail. My mom picked me up. Um, and I asked her to stop at the seven, there used to be a seven 11 on Hempstead Turnpike across the street from, from the jail in East Meadow. And, um, I asked her to stop there so I could buy cigarettes. And, uh, I made a phone call to my dealer to pick up. Um, by 12 o'clock that night, I had gone to someone's house down in Long Beach and I had, I had overdosed that night and, uh, they actually narcaned me and, um, just like that. Like, if you would have asked me when I was waiting to get my clothes if I was going to use again and put me on a lie detector test, I would have passed with flying colors. I meant it wholeheartedly. 
and uh, just couldn't. I I could not do it. So every reason to not use, and I used, and um, so you know, I went on a little run, and uh, I I completely had ran out of money. I had absolutely zero dollars in my pocket, and I ended up at my girlfriend at the time, who's you know pregnant. I ended up back at her mother's house. And I remember going to bed this night thinking to myself, like, when I wake up in the morning, I have no idea what I'm going to do because I have no money. I have no way to get drugs, and I'm going to wake up really sick tomorrow. And sure enough, 5.30 that morning, she wakes me up, and she's like, my water broke. And I was like, I don't know what you have to do, but seal it up, fix it. Like, no, this can't happen right now. And, um... You know, we went to the hospital and... Uh, so that didn't work. That did not work. Okay. <laughs> uh, when the water breaks, it breaks. So we went to the hospital. Um, she gave birth. And, um, you know, through the middle of the day, which I almost missed because I went downstairs to get something out of my truck. And um, I fell asleep in my truck because I was so sick. And um, I woke up. I went back upstairs. and like, she was just about to give birth. And I just remember that that day, it was supposed to be like the most beautiful time in someone's life. You know, like you're, you're, you're about to have a child or you're watching your first child be born and it was miserable for me. Um, it was only my mother and her mother at the hospital. Um, so there was like no family there. Like the whole pregnancy, the whole everything, like drugs and the, the using just made everything unbearable. You know, we didn't know each other for too long. It was not a healthy relationship. Um, the parents weren't happy about the us having a kid. Like, we were in no position to have a child. And this day that was supposed to be, like, the most beautiful day in, in my life was, like, just completely miserable. So I, I was having a kid that I didn't want. I had no idea I was going to take care of it. Their concerns were justified. 100% justified. And I had concerns, too, but I, I also, like, didn't. I didn't care about the concerns and in, 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 in like viewing it from my from like the child's thing. It was like these concerns would just seem like inconveniences to me. Very selfish. So I we were sick. Well, I was sick um, in the hospital and um, you know, we had to stay at the hospital for for I think it was an extra week um, to make sure that the baby was healthy and everything. And um, I don't know why. Um, one of those nights I was in the hospital and, and, you know, she woke up in the middle of the night and I was holding her. And uh, I was like, I, I really got to try and, like, stop this. I, I, I can't keep the cycle going. Um, like it did with me and my dad and, you know, my other siblings. And um, I did stop using. Um, I was able to get through the withdrawals. Um, my mother told me that if I, if I stayed clean, I could go back to the house. And um, I ended up doing that. Uh, I started working again. Um, I ended up getting full custody of my daughter in that, that first year. Uh, with a lot of help from my mom, I had my, I was working again. I had a very good, you know, union job, um, a steam fitter. 
And um, so you you so stop stopping using things are getting much better on the outside. On the outside, a hundred percent. In in on the outside, you could say that like I had everything that you would you would dream of having, like an active addiction. Like you would think that like these are the things that like if if you could get these things, like you would be good. So this disease being an internal condition, tell us a little bit about that. So inside, I was, my mind either obsessed about using the whole time, um, or I was obsessing about thinking about not obsessing about using. Um, I was more miserable now than I had ever been in my life. Even, you know, I can, I'd even remember my mom saying like, you know, like, I just, I just don't understand. Like you have this, this wonderful life. You have your daughter. You're like, why can't you just be happy? She's like, you're, 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 you're more miserable now than you've ever been. And, um, I had no answer. I had no idea why, but, um, so you stayed abstinent. I stayed abstinent for around 12, 12 months. I think it was just like, just white knuckling, like every day, just, the biggest mental fight of just not, just trying to not use, um, and trying to like justify why I even was not using because I'm miserable anyway. Like, what's you know what's the point of this? Nothing on the outside that that seems so great really even mattered to me. It was almost like I didn't have those things because I didn't, I didn't, I didn't enjoy them. I didn't want them. I didn't care about them. Um, and then, you know, my my grandmother was sick with cancer at the time. She passed away um, September 17th of 2020. And she had pancreatic cancer. She was at, you know, my house with, with me and my mom. And uh, I got a call from work. I got a call while I was at work that, that Thursday morning saying that she, you should probably come home. You know, she's not going to make it through the night. And uh, this was the second family member that I had, like, watch die in bed um and I was very close to my grandmother she was like you know my mother growing up and um she she passed away that night um I was holding her hand when she passed and I remember not even five minutes after she passed uh my mother was in the room my grandfather and all my mom's sisters and not even five minutes after they just watched their mom die their first thought was they kind of all looked at me at the same time and they were like, please don't, please don't go back out there. Um, you know, we're here for you if you need anything, but just, just please don't go back out there. And like, I didn't really know what to do with myself because I was already so miserable and like now my grandma is dead. Um, I just, it was like three o'clock in the morning at this point and, um, I just showered and I was like, I'm just going to go to work. Um, my boss was, I remember like my boss in the morning was like, dude, like go home. And I was like, I, I can't like, I just give me some work to do. Like I, I need to keep my mind busy. And like, that's a lot of what I did that year was exactly that. It was just like flooding my mind with anything to keep me occupied. Um, but nothing is quite filling that void. Absolutely not. There was, there was nothing. Nothing made me feel okay. So what is it now? 
Um, well, what happened? So what happened was, um, I got in touch with, with, with other people that, that used to be in addiction who were no longer in addiction. And, uh, I got in touch with some of those people and, um, I just, I wanted to know like how they were staying sober. And, um, at first, um, you know, I would just kind of like, I would be around them, but I wasn't like, I wanted to see if just being around them was enough to stay sober. In 12-step meetings, social settings, stuff like that? Yes. Okay. And, um, and it, it, it was not, um, I was like, I was hanging on by like a thread. Um, and then finally I, I, I asked one person in particular if, if they could help me and I, and I was like willing to do whatever, whatever they, they suggested me to do. I was, I was willing to do it. And one by one, I started taking those suggestions and, um, would you say maybe around since that point you've active, actively tried to work a program of recovery? Yes. So tell us what's going, what goes on inside now. Is there a difference between when you first stopped using and was abstinent and maybe today, which you work very hard for recovery? So when I was abstinent, all these things that, that, that I had on the outside, they, they meant nothing to me. Today in my life, not many of those outside things have changed. They're still, they're still the same. And, and other than, you know, me opening a business uh, in recovery, everything's the same. But like today, I just have so much fulfillment. Um, when I wake up in the morning, I'm not, I'm not upset that I woke up. I'm not worried about having to survive another day. Uh, like when I wake up in the morning, I'm, I'm, Granted, when you're, you know, your alarm clock goes off at 4.30 in the morning, it's, it's not exactly nice. But, like, once I'm up and about, like, I'm excited to, to go about my day. And um, now, like, I'm able to be, you know, such a better father to my daughter because I could be there emotionally and, and not just be there, but, like, want to be there emotionally. You know, I, I know, that like, if the, her school calls and she needs to be picked up, like, I could be there or, like, if my family needs me to show up somewhere, like I could be there, and um, it doesn't sound like that same selfish person you were explaining earlier. No, that um, I, I I I can still be very selfish, um, but uh, through through praying every day and 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 staying around other alcoholics who are seeking the same solution I am, um, that selfishness does it it gets lifted. And and I have to say, like today, some of the best times in 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 my recovery is when when other addicts come to me and ask me for help, and I get to watch them, I get to watch their lives change. Um, you know the way mine did. It's 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 cool when your life changes and and when things get better for you. But when you get to see someone else have that same journey, it 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 really it means so much more. All right, so I have two questions for you. Can you talk about a little bit about the relationship that you have today with your daughter? Can you, you want to talk a little bit about her? Yeah. Um, 
So my daughter's name is Faith. Um, she is three three years today. She's three years old. She's gonna be four in April. She's never really seen you. My daughter, by the grace of 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 my higher power, has never seen me high. She's never seen me drunk. Um, I can't say she's ever seen me do anything that would that would be traumatic to her. Um, she's very happy. She knows she's very loved. She's always smiling. Um, and um, she, I could see that like she, she has all the things in her childhood and like all the happy emotions that like I, I, I remember like I wanted to have. And I'm so glad that, that it's not like the other way around. Um, she loves, I, I have a, a shop. Um, I build cars like on the side of my regular job and like she loves to come down there and, and help me out and she likes to get dirty and she's a little rough around the edges, which is, which is cool. Um, but she's awesome. And like, I, I remember when I first came around, um, those, those 12 step programs, like there was, Somebody that I was working with closely at the time, um, they also had a child. And, like, I, I remember he was always available to go pick up his son or, like, be there for his son. And, like, I thought that was cool, but, like, what I, what re what I really thought was cool was the fact that, like, he wanted to. Because I could show up, too, if I wanted to, but, like, I didn't really want to. But, like, he wanted to. Like, this made him happy. Like, being of service for other people, like actually made him happy and like I, I i understand why now it's very fulfilling all right last question can you tell us a little bit you mentioned higher power can you tell us a little bit maybe about the resistance you had a little bit towards like somebody like you maybe being spiritual living spiritual spirituality what, what does that mean for you so so growing up, um, my grandmother was very religious. Uh, my mom was pretty religious too. Um, they're, they're Catholic. I was baptized Catholic too. Um, I had zero belief in, in any type of God. I, to me, like, it, no shot. You know, like some of the things that, that were going on in my life, um, you know, just seeing the the physical abuse with my with my father and my mother, or or, or things on the street that I had seen, um, or even just my family. You know, my father passed away when I was eight, and then um, there were some abu more abusive relationships that my mom got into after that. Um, but then my my mom met my stepdad, um, twenty twelve, I think it was, and. Um, no, it was 2008. And then um, in 2014, you know, me and him got very close. And, um, you know, he's like the father I always wanted. And uh, in 2014, he got diagnosed with cancer. And um, he was in, he started chemo. And, and a week later, we had to pull the plug. And um, at that point in my life, I was real certain that there's, there's no way there's, there's a God. Or, or any type of anything good up above. Because, like, 
Not only did you, and if there is, um, honestly, like I was not, I was not a fan of him. Um, cause in my mind, like, you know, he took my dad away from me and now take my stepdad away from me. Like, you know, so it was, it was, it was definitely something that like, to me, no shot. Um, I, one of those suggestions that I mentioned earlier was to, was to pray, to make your own understanding of, of a type of God. And, and I, I had a lot of trouble doing that. So I was suggested to just, you know, keep it simple. Pray to just be willing to pray to something. And and that's exactly what I did. And day by day, it, it grew from there. Do you think some of the actions you take in reaching out and helping other people makes you feel somewhat more spiritual? Yes. Because, uh, like I said in the beginning, I'm selfish. Um, I don't like to help other people. I like to help myself. Um, and that's just the way I've lived my life for the majority of my life. And, um, I, I pray for those things. I pray to want to help people. And, and, and I'm, when I ask for those things, I get afforded the, the situations where I can be of help for people. Thank you so much, Mike. Thanks for having Mikey me. Mikey Nectats, everybody. Uh-huh.